Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. I know who will be having a good time or... Over the weekend in Australia, this is Zimbabwean cricket team after their big win over the Aussies. Joining us to talk about that and to preview the Chapel Hadley series from Crick Info, ESPN Crick Info is Andrew McGlashan. G'day, mate. How are you? Hi there. Nice to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. And uh, Ryan Burl, wow. What a turn from him. Um, five for ten off three overs. Not not a bad return. Quite a day, wasn't it, for him? I mean, comes on as the six bowler used... Um, with Australia sort of rebuilding from their early problems. Um, they looked as though they were going to post a decent total with, with Warner and Maxwell building a partnership. And, and, and three overs later, they were all out. And uh, yeah, Ryan Bill had these extraordinary figures. It was, yeah, it was one of those remarkable spells of bowling that it's hard to really explain um, what happened. I mean, there was a couple of, couple of fluky wickets in there. Ashton Agar managed to somehow flick a massive full toss to mid-wicket and, um, and David Warner was sort of caught at the second attempt out at mid the tail just, yeah, the, the, the tail just couldn't play him. So, yeah, fantastic effort from Zimbabwe all round actually to, to bowl Australia out there. The tone was set early on by their seamers and then they did fantastically well to, to hold their nerve um, to, to, to score the runs. Yeah, I mean, and that's not a, that wasn't a weakened Australian side by any stretch, was no. it? That was the full-strength team. What's the reaction yeah. been like in the press over there? Oh, to be honest, subdued because it's football final season over here. So this cricket series, it's fair to say, has not been the biggest deal going on um, in the sporting world over here. And kind of the fact Australia lost has created more of a ripple than them winning the first two games. Um, And it certainly certainly created more uh, follow-up than them going and winning 3-0 would have done. But it's not not certainly sent the, the social media world by storm. I mean, there's actually a lot of um, delight in Zimbabwe's performance, really. It's actually quite a feel-good, it's actually a feel-good story. Yes, Australia, Australia have lost the game of cricket. They didn't play very well. Uh, but I think on the flip side, what a magnificent day for Zimbabwe. I mean, we all know how tough it is for them to get these tours in the first place. They've basically been in Australia for, for nine days. They had two days of training to get over jet lag, having flown from Harare, and they're back on the plane to Zimbabwe today and they can go home with a victory under their belt so and clearly everyone likes it when one of the big teams gets knocked off it's a terrific story it's always good fun shall we say when there's a result like this but I think it's just I think the overwhelming feeling is sort of the feel-good element um for Zimbabwe yeah a feel good very much feel good element for the Zimbabweans I doubt that uh, that would have been you know might have been on the wish list but I don't think it would have been you know something that they thought was going to happen on this tour I mean, certainly after the way the second game went, where they were beaten inside 43 overs, that game was done um, almost before our lunch had arrived in the uh, press tent. If you uh, if you want to have an idea of how quickly the game transpired um, during, during the week, and even David Houghton, as Bobby coach, was acknowledged yesterday that if the toss had gone the other way, and the toss was very important in these early morning starts in Townsville, if the toss had gone the other way, 
he he almost admitted Zimbabwe would probably have gone the same way as their second game. But importantly, they made use of that toss. They won the toss. They got the chance to bowl. Their seamers were very good. They had Australia in all sorts of trouble early on, and they were able to back it up as well um, to get the score. So Houghton, Dave Houghton is very realistic about where Zimbabwe stand, which in a sense is why these wins are so much more so important for them. Uh, but he was also magnanimous enough to say it was a big toss to win. Yeah, big toss to win indeed. Uh, of course, the Aussies will be set up now for the Chapel Hadley, which starts on Tuesday up in Cairns. Um, uh, how much are the conditions in Townsville that we've just seen like the conditions in Cairns? Can we can we draw any parallels? Uh, well, the big difference is that these games in Cairns are going to be day-nighters, so that shifts everything a little bit differently. We won't There won't be the early morning moisture that there has been in Townsville with the 9.40am start. The games start about 2.00-2.30 in Cairns, so traditional time for day-night cricket, so you'll get the You'll get the afternoon warmth and sunshine, which should have dried out anything from the morning. And then we'll see what impact the floodlights have later on. There hasn't been much top-level cricket in Cairns for a number of years. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what it's like under lights um, mm. at the stadium. But the feeling was um, yesterday that um, it will be kind of... Conditions won't change massively and there shouldn't be a massive factor in terms of the outcome, in terms of winning the toss. It'll just be dependent on what each team fancies doing on the day. So feels as though it's going to be less important, although the, the factor to watch for will be if there's any dew in the evenings and whether that makes it easier to chase under lights. And to be honest, in one-day cricket these days, teams tend to like chasing anyway. Uh, but whether the toss makes that a big factor, I'm not sure it will. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure what the uh, weather conditions are like there, but I, I was wondering, you know, traditionally quite humid there, uh, will, will, will the ball be expected to swing and, and will later on in the night negate the swing? Yeah, so it's still sort of, we're playing, the, the matches here are being played in sort of the tail end of winter, really. It's still, it's obviously, we turned into spring just a couple of days ago, uh, but it's not the peak heat season up there in northern Australia at the moment. It's still effectively their, their dry season. So we're looking at temperatures of around about mid to high 20s, the forecast is, uh, for match day, and then sort of nice, pleasant, warm evenings. So I don't think there'll be, a, a, humidity will be there. It's in the tropics, so there'll be an element of it, but I don't, it won't be anything like if you're playing cricket up there in the, in the Australian summer, so in a couple of months' time, and it will get really hot and sticky. So um, there might be some element of the day-night factor coming into it, but my gut feel will be it'll more be what each team prefers to do rather than conditions dictating it too much. Uh, now, we saw, of course, uh, the Zimbabweans caused the Australians all sorts of problems in that third mm. ODI, and uh, Ryan Burl take that five for ten. Here's a leggy. Uh, the Black Caps have not named a leggy in their squad. They have three offies, but no leggy. Uh, have they missed a trick here? Oh, it's always good to have a leg spin if, if, if you can have one. Um, I mean, it, it, it's. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, always nice. And Australia do have a history of um, of, of struggling a bit against um, against the ball, which turns any either way. But certainly. Um, certainly from the wrist spinner. So, yes, if, if, if they could have found room for a wrist spinner, it might have been worthwhile, but they clearly like uh, Mitch Santner and, and Michael Bracewell's come in and, and made a, a good pitch for a full-time spot in that side. Um, so they do have bowlers that turn it each way. Um, but, yes, as a rule, it's always a good idea to have a leggy against Australia if you can find room for one. 
Where do you think uh, the, this Australian side is at at the moment? And of course, we saw Warner get runs there, uh, but Finch, or I was going to list who failed, but pretty much everyone else failed uh, in that last game. But where do you think that this, this Aussie team is sitting with a World Cup not too far away? I don't think there's massive question marks over it beyond the big one, which is the form of the captain, and that is going to dominate um, going into this week against New Zealand. The fact he's only made 21 runs in this series against Zimbabwe, which continues a very lean year in one day cricket for him. So that, from an Australian point of view, is the big narrative leading in to this series. If you look at their team, though, I mean, I can't see the personnel changing massively between now and the ODI World Cup in, in, in 12 months' time. What they're working on at the moment is the balance of the side, and they've had to sort of adjust that slightly. Mitchell Marsh has picked up an injury which is ruling him out of these one days. He'll be okay for the T20 World Cup, but they've sort of put him on ice for these one days. And their plan was to play a lot of all-rounders and use Cameron Green at number eight. Well, he's gone up to number six now. In the last two games against Zimbabwe, they've played Ashton Agar as another bowling all-rounder. So it's just changed things slightly. It'll be interesting to see in Cairns whether they try and find a spot for either Manus Labuschagne to strengthen the batting again or for Sean Abbott to give them another pace bowling all-rounder. Um, but if you were to throw ahead 12 months, I think out of the squad that's on display against New Zealand, the majority of them will be on display at the World Cup. Pat Cummins has been rested. Uh, he'll come back in. Travis Head um, will be an option for a top-order spot. Um, that's obviously linked significantly to Aaron Finch's form and whether he's still captain come the next World Cup. But that's the, that's the big storyline, really. I can't see there being massive changes elsewhere between now and that ODI World Cup. Well, I mean, with Zampa, Agar and Maxwell in this, t- you know, just looking at the team that played Zimbabwe, if you're going to put Sean Abbott in, it's going to be for one of those. And I'm probably going to suggest it's Agar, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's the one. He came in for Mitch Marsh from the first game of this series. So that's how they tweaked the balance of the side. Agar's a very good cricketer and he's certainly no slouch at the bat down there um, at, at number eight and offers, offers, offers 10 overs if you want him that way. Um I do think Sean Abbott is unlucky not to have had more cricket for Australia. And he sort of is probably, a, he's more like for like with Mitch Marsh and he's a seam bowler. And Marsh is more of a batter, but he, Sean, Sean Abbott provides the seam bowling. So, and I think with Glenn Maxwell in there, my feel is that they can do without another spinner. So my, and my, it's just a gut feel and it can change on conditions. And of course the World Cup is being played in India, which might change things again. But in Australia, my gut feeling is they could probably find a spot for Sean Abbott there. I'd use Maxwell as the second spinner. Mm, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Of course, one of the other things you mentioned, Aaron Finch, lack of runs, captaincy questions. Uh, it feels like at the moment, uh, the I guess the advantage in the negotiations, if you like, if you want to put it that way, it would be with David Warner because you know Australian cricket have managed to get him to sign a deal to play BBL for the next two seasons and not go to this UAE league. And all of a sudden, the question about overturning the captaincy ban comes up. Those two things surely can't be linked. Uh, I can't see David Warner captaining Australia. I think that I think that has probably passed him by. Um, I think there's a chance he'll captain the BBL if he gets his ban overturned. And there is definitely a link between those two things. But I think at Warner, what is he now, 35, 36? I think that would be a bit of a backward step for Australia to give him the captaincy after Aaron Finch. Um, I think they'll look for one of the next generation. Mitchell Marsh has been mentioned as an option. Um, there's one or two others that they, they, they could consider as well. Uh, Pat Cummins, of course, is test captain. And he has said he doesn't want another bit of work on his plate, but he would no doubt come into consideration. 
uh, when Finch departs, it would be a big surprise if Warner took it. I just think that they'll look beyond that. I mean, he, 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 not to say he won't have some sort of leadership role as the band gets overturned. He unofficially has, has roles like that now anyway. He's a senior player in the team. Uh, so, yeah, I can certainly see him captaining in the BBL um, if that eventuates. But international cricket, I think his time as a captain is done there. The Kiwis always go into these Chapel Headley series as underdogs. Uh, they've been playing a they've been playing a bit of cricket. They've been playing some reasonable cricket as well. Uh, looking at the squad that we've named uh, that's over there, what do you make of it, and and ha- how do you assess the squad, and what chance do you give them uh, in the Chapel Headley? Oh, there's no reason they should be underdogs at all. I mean, they are they are the number one ranked. Um, ODI team in the world and Australia aren't. So, I mean, if you're looking at it like that, New Zealand should be favourites um, for the series. And New Zealand are at full, are very close, if not at full strength. I mean, they, they've brought their full cohort of fast bowlers with them. Uh, Matt Henry's fit again. Um, they've got the batters available. Um, so, I mean, it, it should be a terrific contest, actually. I mean, I know it's being played very early in the season. And perhaps people on this side of the world are not fully engaged with cricket yet, as they would be in a couple of months' time, but it has the makings of a cracking series. Um, and it's too close to call, really. I mean, it's short and sharp. It's over in the space of a week. So whoever gets on a roll might have the early advantage. But um, it, it's far too close to call. This New Zealand side covers a lot of bases. I know we've touched on um, the lack of a leg spinner, but they are they are stocked in all other departments. It'll be fascinating to see what balance of side they go for and who they might leave out in that first game. So... Certainly no reason why they should be underdogs and it would be no surprise at all if they came out on top um, at the end of the series. Well, I can tell you the TAB here in New Zealand has the market looking like this. Australia $1.51, New Zealand $2.40. That's our own bookies. <laughs> well, I get that there's history involved there, isn't there? And there's a general... I mean, when teams come to Australia, they are generally viewed as second favourites. I mean, and there's a there's sort of a, um, a narrative inbuilt with Australia, New Zealand in, in cricket as well. And I, I, yeah, I think that's doing New Zealand harshly. Yes, Australia have played a week of cricket. New Zealand have not had a massive break since the Caribbean, so there's no reason why they shouldn't be especially underdone. Um, short, sharp series, I, I think it's far too close to call. In terms of uh, what to expect, I know you mentioned that Cairns hasn't seen a lot of international cricket, but uh, you would think that whoever is looking after the, the the wicket there will be looking to do Australia as many favours, the home side as many favours as as possible. Um, so it should be a hard deck. It should do something for the for the for the pace bowlers, but probably um, take a little bit of turn as well. Do you, you expect? It's actually quite hard to say at the moment because it's early season. They won't have had a wicket up all winter up there, really. So, um, tough. I, yeah, I, I don't. I, it surprised me if it had too much pace in it purely because of the time of the year. I mean, Townsville had a bit in it, but it was more the uneven bounce in Townsville or the bounce rather that caused a few uneasy problems um, for the batters there. I, I, I expect it to be in favour of the batters. I mean, if you look at the balance of the two sides, Australia and Zealand, they actually stack up. Like uh, quite quite similar. There's a strong hand of pace bowlers, a couple of decent spinners, strong batting lineup. There there aren't really many differences towards how the two sides make up. So whatever the conditions, I can't see them themselves leaning massively one way or the other. Um, but yeah, there's an element of the unknown as well because of the time of the year and, like you say, the lack of the lack of recent cricket up there. So the first game, I think there'll be a bit of feeling out in terms of how things play out, and we should get a better idea few games two and three um how things pan out so if you were going to win the toss in that game you'd be putting the opposition into bet oh 
I just sides generally prefer to chase in one day cricket. I unless there's anything to massively tell them otherwise, it would wouldn't surprise me if both sides fancy a chase. It also allows them to get into the series by bowling first. There's less risk of you losing the game in that first innings if you bowl first. Um, so yes, if I was having a in each way now, I'd probably say it'd be a, a side will want to chase in that first game. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, good stuff. Are you hitting up there? I am. I'm heading up on the morning of the first game. I'm there for the first two matches. So, yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. Good stuff, Andrew. Thanks very much for giving us some time and uh, really appreciate it. Go well and enjoy Cairns. No worries. Anytime. Cheers. Andrew McGlashan there from Crick Info with us. Uh, yeah, check out ESPN Crick Info. Great website. All the coverage you need. And, of course, you can catch all the live commentary from the Chapel Hadley series right here on SENZ as well, starting on Tuesday afternoon. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.